Don't ask me to talk. From the sublime to the ridiculous. Join me, Stacey Heller. And me, Eric Ryder. As we talk about what's good to watch, read, see, listen to, and more. An edutaining one-hour break in your day that includes the segment, What Are We Eating? Sponsored by Dingfelder's Delicatessen. Stick with us for something good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk here on 880 AM Kixie Radio. I'm your host, Stacey Heller. Joining me, as always, is my co-host. It's me, Eric Ryder. Hey. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. And it is a happy Thursday indeed. I cannot wait to share with you what today is. But first, I'm going to do the usual spiel which isn't such a spiel because I want people to know what the purpose of this show is, which is to be a distraction from all the negative stuff that we consume in the world between the news and what we hear about from friends and in the world, whether it be local or global. So we like to focus on some good that's in the world and share it with people. Sometimes it is, uh, as we say in our promo, ridiculous. Sometimes it's sublime. I think it's usually entertaining Um, and, you know, entertaining good stuff should be shared. So thanks, of course, to everyone that listens to the show. We so appreciate it. If you like it, you can share it. You can find the show and my other one, Stacey Connects, on really your preferred podcast platform. Just type in Don't Ask Me to Talk or Stacey Connects and you will find us. If you would like to connect with us. Feel free to text or call and likely leave a voicemail at 475-999-2726 or in the words of Eric. 475-999-YAP-AM. Oh, I might like that one. Yeah, I mean, we're yapping. We're on AM, so... Oh, my gosh. There we go. We, this is a contender. We've been doing a lot of, like... Raw six and bran and cram, but Yap AM might be good. I'm seeing like a cartoon like design that looks like, you know, the old uh, Batman and Robin cartoon where it would be like bam and blam and whack. You know what I mean? Well, in that case, we could go 475 99 zap AM. Yeah, yeah. Zap or yap. Yeah, it smells the same on the phone. Yeah, so zap works, right? It does. I don't know. All right. We're going to have to think about this. I like that one, though. That is like, that is definitely a And I, I, I might have sung an extra nine in the jingle there <laughs> by accident. So just to be clear, 475-99-YAP-AM. Okay. Well, it's okay. It's a work in progress. Um, so it's just- Aren't we all? Uh, oh, my gosh. Amen. From your lips to God's ears. Okay. So- I mentioned that I'm kind of excited about what today is. Yes, it's Thursday. Yes, it's August 4th. It is National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Thank you. It is also, for you beer drinkers out there, it is National IPA Day. I didn't realize that IPA stood for, is it India or Indian Pale Ale? 
I, you know, I'm not a beer drinker, so. I'm not either. I always thought it was Imperial Pale Ale. Well, now I'm going to look this up because I feel like I need to know. My mom is a beer drinker, and she always talks about how she likes. India Pale Ale. India Pale Ale. Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, she always talks about how she likes an IPA because she says it's hoppy. They seem to have taken over the, right? the world. <laughs> IPA seems to be like the biggest, most agreed upon beer these days. Yeah. Doesn't I, seem to matter the brand so much as is in an IPA. Right. So like if you're if you're someplace and, you know, you're sort of indifferent to beer, but you're feeling like you need to try one, then you can't really go wrong with an IPA. They seem like they're not uh they're not too light. They seem to be, from what I understand, flavorful. Hmm. And they're not dark like a um like a Guinness. Like a stout. Yeah, like a stout. Exactly. And, you know, clearly two beer drinkers talking about an IPA and, uh, hey, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> two non-beer drinkers. Non-beer drinkers, yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm a gin drinker. What is your cocktail? I don't think I've ever asked you. I don't typically do cocktails, but um, I, I like a good cider. Oh, yeah, a hard cider. Yeah. Interesting. Or just cider. Or just cider. So, Well, I just the hard part uh, seems goofy to me because alcoholic cider came before non-alcoholic cider and in every other country <laughs> they don't say hard cider that's true they just say cider that's true so yeah yeah when people say <laughs> hard cider it's like yes as it opposed to juice yes right but i i gotta say i love living in washington being a cider drinker because you know it's bizarre when you go to other places metropolises and ask for a cider and it's like Oh, you mean like the spiced apple cider? We've got some <laughs> powder in a packet for you. Right? It's like, no, I'm talking right. about cider. And and here, you know, I just went to a, sm- a very small town uh, in Washington called Brennan. Uh, that's not even incorporated. That is small. But went to a restaurant there and I said, do you have a cider on tap? And they said, yes, we've got two. And wow. I say, because I've been in San Francisco where I've asked for a cider. Oh, we don't have that. So <laughs> interesting. Like, this is California. This is one of your major cities. Right. Get it together, folks. Yeah, I agree. And it seems like a lot of uh, breweries. I went uh, last Thursday, actually, after the show, I went to a place that is in Ballard-ish um, called Beast and Cleaver. Before that, though... We went to a uh, brew house called Poor Decisions, play on words, P-O-U-R, and they offered ciders as well as Mm -hmm. uh, beers. I got an IPA because I was like, ah. So it seemed like like a good choice. So, so, hey, if if you are a fan of IPAs, today is IPA day. Maybe you can get your local – beer person to yeah and apparently white wine day too and it's white wine day so yeah all the uh (laughs) (laughs) the food groups chocolate chip cookies white wine and ipa basic alcohol drinkers today is your day to celebrate right bless you exactly it's like basic day i mean because the chocolate chip cookie is also one could argue probably the basic (laughs) version of the cookie yes exactly and not in a bad way i feel like it's almost like these are the the default right uh, chocolate chip default ipa default white wine you know 
like asking for a Kleenex, eating a tissue. 80% of the people there are going to be happy with these choices if that's all you had. Exactly. You'll have a few grumblers like me, but uh, most of the people are going to be quite pleased with those options. I remember when, so I used to have a cookie business called One Smart Cookie, and chocolate chip cookies were, of course, one of the cookies that I made. And I was interviewing uh, a gal that would become a babysitter for us, and we're still in touch with her all these years later. And one of my interview questions was, chocolate chip cookie or oatmeal raisin? And uh, if I asked you that question, what would you answer? I would say oatmeal raisin. I knew it. Yeah, I do like a chocolate chip, but for me, oatmeal raisin is just a cut above. I feel like this is another one of those personality things that, like, it it doesn't surprise me. I knew you were going to say oatmeal raisin. She said chocolate chip, and that was the personality that I wanted for uh, watching my kids. <laughs> Don't don't even worry about it. I also had to think about sick hair. I <laughs> I'm quirky. <laughs> you think oatmeal raisin fans are irresponsible? No, not at all. They're almost too responsible, and that's the point. <laughs> that I needed I needed a good cop to my role as bad cop. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Very confused. By I know. This, I know. Uh, I'm a confused screening person. process that, <laughs> that you use. But Look, whatever works. Really, I just needed a babysitter. Um, you know, I'm such a good mother. So there's also today, whenever I look this stuff up, I also see, you know, like the birthdays and whose birthday it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it's always somebody's birthday. Today, the the diversity of birthdays is unbelievable. In no particular order, Louis Vuitton, mm-hmm. uh, Louis Armstrong. Right. Megan- Louis, Louis Vuitton, he, he was a designer, right? Yes. And I don't I'm guessing I don't know about the house of Louis Vuitton. Uh at this point it seems to be the iconic uh leather goods and such. Um I don't know what the house of Louis Vuitton was built on other than leather goods with that iconic LV. I feel like I should know that, but I don't. French luxury fashion house and company founded in 1854 by Louis Vuitton. There you go. So, so happy birthday, Louis. Yeah. Let them eat cake. <laughs> he, he, he's long gone now. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, the tradition lives on. Louis Armstrong, of course. Yes. Like, iconic. Meghan Markle, our very own uh, American royalty. Uh, Cole Sprouse, Disney royalty. Never heard of Cole Sprouse. Okay. So Dylan and Cole Sprouse were... The twins that played Ross's son on Friends, <laughs> they were also the twins that were on the show Sweet Life of, I think it was Zach and Cody, and they were on the show um, Riverdale, All which right. is essentially a dramatization of uh, the Archie comics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm looking him up and I I don't recognize him yeah. <laughs> whatsoever, but I am not the target audience for any of the things that you mentioned. Honestly, I only know those things because like he's one of those people that like my kids watch The Sweet Life and then the the fun fact around him with the friends thing and then Riverdale, I remember it being kind of like how Euphoria was there for a while. 
it was like the show for teens. Um, never watched it. So I have nothing to say about it. Uh, <laughs> it is also the birthday of Barack Obama, our former president. And it is also the birthday of the United States Coast Guard. Wow. It's quite a list. Yeah, quite a variety of stuff. Right? So, I mean, happy birthday to all of them and happy birthday to whomever else has a birthday today. Right. You are in esteemed company and I feel like you can find somebody that you're happy to be sharing the birthday with. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, do you know of, like on your birthday, do you know who you share your birthday with? Uh, When is your birthday? Uh, November 13. I gotta write this down. Uh huh. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. You know, I gotta make sure that we sing and all of that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who I share my birthday with. Um, it's kind of cool to see though. Well, let, let's, are you looking it up? I'm looking up mine first and then we'll look up yours. So, uh, Jimmy Kimmel apparently, uh, has the same birthday as me. A bunch of people I've never heard of. <laughs> These are so-called famous birthdays. Uh, Gerard Butler, okay, I've heard of. Actor. Yeah. And um, Joe Montagna. Montagna? Mon- Montagna. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Why can't I say his name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve Zahn. Oh, my gosh, Steve Actor Zahn. Steve Zahn, yeah. I remember him from That Thing You that Do. That Thing You Do, great Reality movie. Bites. Yeah, a whole bunch of different movies. So, yeah, and a whole bunch of other people that I've never heard of, TikTok stars and Instagrammers and all this that I think most people (laughs) have not actually. I think they're getting a little loose with the lingo when they say famous, but Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when is your birthday? March 13th. March 13th. Okay. Hey, we're both 13th. It's lucky. And I was married on the 13th, too. Okay, this does not bode well. Apparently, I share the same birthday as Tristan Thompson, the oft-cheating significant other of Khloe Kardashian. But also William H. Macy. Oh, hey, that's cool. Dana Delaney, great actress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Annabeth Gish. Uh, oh, I Common. remember her from Mystic Pizza. Common, the, the rapper. Yep, the rapper. Uh, Emily Hirsch. Uh, Okay. Yeah. All hey, right. Uh, Mike Stoller from Libra and Stoller. Look at that. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, pretty good. Neil Jack Sadaka. Was Neil Sadaka. Wow. Yeah. Oh, L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> I, I saw that and I was trying not to mention that. Yeah. Dianetics and it was the, the, the thet- founder of Scientology. There's a bunch of Thetans celebrating your birthday <laughs> every March. Yay. All right. Well, then on uh, on that note, uh, why don't we take a little break um, so that we can uh, sing happy birthday to ourselves. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, we are going to be talking about artists. I know you're super excited about this. So keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. When we come back, we're going to talk about art and artists. Keep listening. <laughs> Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. 
where that you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am one of your hosts, Stacey Heller. I'm joined by Eric Ryder. That's me. So last week we picked the topic of artists. And I very boldly declared that that would mean fine artists because this is something that I love. You seemed a little bit more dubious about it. I mean, uh, there's so many different kinds of art that, you know, to whittle it down suddenly to that it can be helpful because you know that uh, lets you know exactly what to talk about but if you don't necessarily have a favorite fine artist or a whole lot of thoughts on on that then you know yeah you can be questioning of it i get it i get it i so let me give you a little bit of background i grew up in a family where my Grandfather was a painter. He primarily painted in watercolors, although he also did oils. Uh, Then my father was not by profession, but probably would have loved to be a photographer. My uncle is, I would say, like an artisan. He does woodworking and things like that. He makes beautiful custom tables and things. Uh, which is certainly a form of artistry. I have uh, my oldest brother, Jay. He he is great at a caricature, and he can do great doodles. His wife, Mary, she is uh, a talented artist. She was an uh, interior designer, I think, like for uh, commercial spaces. Um, my brother, Peter... He is an artist, photographer, and his wife, Sky Kim, she is an artist as well. So I come by it, like, quite naturally. And, you know, my growing up, my parents never met a blank wall that they couldn't fill. <laughs> like, that's just how it was. And I have followed suit. It's, it's an interesting thing growing up when I was a kid. My parents, because I was five and seven years younger than my brothers, my brothers got out of these long Sunday rides. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it. Uh, where my dad would be in search of a photograph. And so they'd throw me in the back of the car. And very often, because we were on the East Coast, we would end up a couple states away. And quite often, we ended up at a place called Storm King, which is in New York. It is, uh, at the time, it was the bane of my existence. Uh, now, of course, I have, I like, I rethink those memories. But it is uh, sort of like the Olympic Sculpture Park that is here in Seattle, mm-hmm. except that it's a larger space and it has massive sculptures all over the property. And uh, there are some permanent pieces that are there on display there's uh, the original residence that has art shows, and then there's also visiting artists and things. And I mean, I remember as a little kid, you know, I'd be standing in front of some giant sculpture and somebody would come by 
frantically looking at the program, like, who's this by? And, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, that's by David Smith or that's by Henry Moore because I was it was so ingrained in me. So when I went off to college, I considered being an art history major because that's very practical. So that gives you a little bit of background. Um, so in terms of favorite artists, as I was thinking about this, I have this question for you to consider. I think about who my favorite artists are, and they're all people that have been around for a long time. So like when are current history or when are current artists considered like when did they get to that echelon of like, you know, Picasso or you know, yeah. whoever it is, right? It seems so random because, you know, you have there's I mean, everybody knows a great artist out there. I, I think at least I do. I know quite a few of them and they're not famous superstars that are traveling the globe doing installations. They're doing, you know, murals and in, in Tacoma and, and doing, you know, selling their wares at a farmer's market. Who is the guy, you know, cause it, it makes sense if you're a, uh, you know, a musician or whatever, maybe a uh, record label is going to find you and go, zinc, now you're, you're right. we're signing you, we're going to put a bunch of promotion behind you. But when you're art, an artist, it's, there's not like a, a painting label <laughs> that right. signs you. Exactly. And then suddenly they promote you and you go on a big tour. It's just like somehow you break through and I don't understand the process at all. Uh, but, you know, somebody like uh, Dale Chaluli, for instance, yep. you know, he, uh, no denying that he's a very talented glassmaker. But how does he go to being like the world's most famous glass artist um, when, you know, there's a million <laughs> glass artists doing fine work? It It's it's a question. I don't know. But uh, not to take anything away from, you know, these people that have broken through and are, are very popular. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing great work that, you know, aren't <laughs> aren't famous at all. Right. Well, and that's that's exactly, you know, like I can go on about, you know, and I of course I will in a minute um, about different artists whose work I really like and I respond to and whatever. And and it just a it brought up the fact that, one, art is so subjective. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I think is fabulous, you may look at and be like, I could do that with a crown. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it used to be that, uh, you know, stuff really had to be very, um, you, you know, you had to study for years under the, the, the masters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it, the whole goal was to make it almost as photorealistic as possible using oil paint or sculpture or whatever. But then, of course, you know, abstraction came along and mm -hmm. modern art came along. And so it, it's, it's, it's harder to say, oh, that definitively is, you know, those strokes are the work of a master. You know what I mean? Right. Now it's about making, just striking people emotionally um, and, you know, of course, uh, when you do that, you're also going to have somebody that's going to be like, yeah, my 10 uh, year old could do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Totally. And, and it's and hey, you know, I can't argue with that completely uh, because, you know, sometimes something that just moves you does look like a 10 year old could do it. Right. Well, totally. Yeah. And I it's it's just fascinating that, you know, I'm. 52 and growing up around this stuff and studying it in school and I'm not I'm not as 
up on the scene. I'm not following art magazines to see who the up and coming artists are and that kind of thing. But I think about, you know, back when I would learn about these artists throughout art history, I feel like I'm so curious, like, what are what and who are the new names and artists that are out there? I mean, Banksy, right? Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and, you know, as you said, Dale Shahuli. And, and know, by the way, there's a, a Banksy exhibit in Seattle right now. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a fan of Banksy, I'd check that out. Yeah. I mean, he, he does amazing work. He does do amazing work. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, so, you know, certainly those kinds of things. Um, there's a artist. I don't know if he's made books or not. Uh, he goes by the name Christo. He covered right. islands and bridges and he did a thing in New York and those kinds of yeah. things. So, I mean, those are sort of contemporary uh, artists that I can think of that maybe would make it to an art history book now. Yeah. Uh, but it's an interesting thing. And then this made me start thinking about the use of social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked in the past about, you know, fame and people who are famous and in even earlier in the show talking about birthdays and, you know, who you share a birthday with. And a lot of the people that are out there that are considered famous you know, their TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram famous. And right. don't know them, right? <laughs> and apparently they all share my birthday. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's an interesting thing uh, to be social media famous. Like, I have an artist that I am a big fan of. I started following him on social media years and years and years ago. And his name is Donald Robertson. His Instagram handle is Robertson. And he started out in really, I think, like uh, commercial, like graphic arts and doing um, like marketing campaigns and things like that. And through social media really has started, you know, doing everything. And he has done product collaborations with various designers and he I love his work it's really whimsical it's fun and for my 30th wedding anniversary I actually commissioned him to do an original piece and he was really responsive that shows the power of social media with artists and being able to get out there yeah Um, you know so that's there's no telling how like uh, valuable, like uh, price-wise, <laughs> money-wise, that is. But if it's valuable to you as, you know, somebody that just enjoys the work, then that's a whole nother scale. Well, and I will say uh, that is something that I am very grateful that my parents always taught me that with, uh, in terms of collecting art, whether it's a poster that you picked up mm-hmm. from someplace or it's an original piece you got at a farmer's market or from a thrift store or something you bought from a gallery, if it speaks to you and you love it, then it's priceless. And they they taught me that. They practiced that. And so those are the pieces around my house. I mean, I have a random painting of a blue man uh, that I love. I have, you know, a subway scene. I have, uh, you know, things that my family did. You know, every piece has a story. And I feel like that's the thing that I love the most. Um, but definitely that social media piece. Now, for instance, my sister-in-law 
Sky Kim. She is an artist who, I suppose in terms of artists, has recently made it. Uh, She is now being represented by a fairly well-known gallery in New York, uh, and they represent, they have a place in the Hamptons and in New York, and uh, they represent her not only here in the States, but abroad as well. Mm. And, you know, and that's a big deal to have formal representation in that way. Yeah. So is that how it happens? There's a a gallery that sees your work and decides to represent you or show, I mean, is there- I think it's one way. And it's probably a more traditional way. It's kind of like, you know, uh, traditional publishing versus self-publishing, right? Do you have a, as a painter these days, is, uh, are there agents like trying to get you licensed? And so that is such kind a of, mystery. It is a total, the whole world honestly, it's of a total, arts is, is a mystery to it's me. It's a total mystery. And from what I'm understanding, you know, being uh, with this particular gallery, it's like you sign a contract And it's like, okay, you know, she's painting and she gets full autonomy on what she creates. Mm -hmm. And they basically have first right of buying those pieces. And then they show her work and then people start collecting and it drives the prices up. And then she starts to see the benefits of that and that kind of thing. Um, And I think it's for a period of time. And then, you know, if they want to do – I went to an opening that she had in New York back in – last spring, this past spring. And, you know, they had some where you could get uh, a copy, like a lithograph or whatever. And that is something that I believe, like, the gallery is almost acting like your agent. And it's it's just, it is a mystery. And the fact that you have to, you know, you're an artist and you want to create, and then you need to think about the business side of things. So if you don't have the uh, prowess that a Donald Robertson has in terms of social media and engaging with his audience, or you don't, say, live in the New York area and ensconce yourself in the art community or, you know, insert name of some other major metropolis, I would imagine it's really hard. Yeah. Well, you know, interesting, just just talking about this just reminds me that uh, one of my best friends in uh, junior high, in seventh and eighth grade, has uh, gone on to become a rather famous artist. Um, his name is Luke Chu, and I've lost touch with him long ago, but I, I see stuff about him online all the time now, and it's like, I, 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 I should get in touch and ask him these details. Yeah. Now I've suddenly got tons of questions about uh, how how do you become a, you know a famous artist, but uh, or even just a represented yeah. artist, right? Yeah. Um, how do you exactly. spell his last name? It's uh, Chu, so it's C H U E H. Okay. And uh, yeah, he he does uh, really interesting paintings and sculptures and stuff, kind of um, uh, known as uh, lowbrow design, but uh, uh, very fun stuff. And I remember uh, when we were kids, he used to always draw the same character he called Death Bunny. (laughs) That's funny. That's like Psycho Bunny is out there. Yeah, yeah. And I can totally see... Um, the Death Bunny uh, character in all his work that have made him, you know, famous and notable in the art world now. 
So it, it's kind of funny. And, you know, uh, myself and another friend of mine, uh, Kim, well, the three of us were like really tight and we all did art, you know, but he's the one that went on to Take turn it. it yeah. Level. Yeah. Turn it into a career. Um which, you know, it's amazing because, again, how do you do that? <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and I, you know, and it's it's great. Like I have so I have artists that, you know, I learned that going to lots of galleries and uh, museums and stuff over the years, I learned that I have a specific genre that I like, which is called abstract expressionism. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you think of like a Jackson Pollock, most people know who Jackson Pollock is. Right. Uh, it's just that. The idea of like color, texture, movement, uh, a lot of times color. So I have certain artists that I really love, like uh, Hel Helen Frankenthaler, which to have a woman abstract expressionist was a big deal. Um, Robert Motherwell, uh, Mark Rothko, and uh, sculpture uh, Henry Moore, big fan. Um, and then new stuff, I have... This vibe of like uh, Mara Kalman is a favorite artist. Donald Robertson, I mentioned. There's also this woman. Her name is Kelly Reemston, R-E-E-M-S-T-E-N. Her paintings are like women in think like I Love Lucy type dresses. And then they're holding like an axe or like, you know, um, I don't know, some tool. And I love like the the idea of like the play of the modern woman and kind of the iconic housewife thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also think you were mentioning your friend, Luke, uh, yep, Luke to, know, yep. to know artists and to be able to support them. And I know lots of local artists like Juliet Dunkelberger. She's a ceramicist. Uh, uh, Quincy from Albinist Designs. You can yeah. follow him on Instagram. Uh, Ruby Lindner, Diana Grant. I mean, those are some... Local artists. And I'll shout out Mindy Parker in Tacoma. There you go. She's fantastic. Right? I mean, it's just, and it, it means so much to artists for you to, even if you can't afford to buy the pieces, to show up. Yeah. So, you know, I know you didn't think you had a lot to say about artists. I, I, you know, I have always got something to say about everything, which apparently. Is, which is, you know, <laughs> why, why you're here. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll just very quickly shoehorn this in because we got to wrap up, I know, because uh, we got to talk to Vance about the artistry of food. Naturally. Yeah, and he is an artisan for sure. Uh, but, you know, um, I'll say a very underrated painter and you wouldn't guess that I would think he's underrated, but Norman Rockwell, uh, there was a, I went to a exhibition at Tacoma Art Museum a few years back, and they had a bunch of his original stuff that, you know, that we've all seen a million times on posters and Saturday evening post covers. We take it for granted. Licensed on magnets, t-shirts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you see his paintings in real life, not out of magazine or a print or whatever, but right there in front of you and see the detail. It, he just did amazing, incredible stuff. And uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, underrated, uh, but at the same time, one of the most successful artists of all time. Totally. So, I totally yeah. agree with you. I had the opportunity to go to Stockbridge and uh he had a studio there. That's where he was based. And I 100% agree with you. Those people that they almost become, you know, they're definitely taken for granted or they become some kind of a joke because history right. has changed and how we perceive things. But good shout out. 
I like that. All right. Well, so the lesson here is you don't have to know artists specifically. However, education, sharing, getting to know things. All right. Speaking of art, we will be right back with Vance Dingfelder of Dingfelder's Delicatessen to talk about the art of what we're eating. We'll be right back. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Interested in learning something new? Meeting someone new? Find out things that we have in common? Well, of course you are. You're a human being. So let's get intentional about it. Join me, J.D.K. Winnikin, every week and get all of that in less than an hour. I'm a writer, a historian, a social commentator, and my show is all about you. Really, that's what it's called. This show is all about you. Get my perspectives on the week's news and hear fascinating guests whose stories will inspire and move you. My show is all about giving you something that connects us. Join me Mondays on Kixie 880 at 3 p.m. or download it as a podcast. Podcast. Can't get enough of Stacy and Eric? Then be sure and check out Stacy Connects with Stacy Heller wherever you find podcasts. Stacy chats with guests about a variety of topics, hoping to make a connection through conversation. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. We were talking before the break about art and artists. And speaking of art and artists, we have with us the, we, we've got the Lord the of the Sandwich, Lord of the Sandwich, <laughs> or the Master Craftsman of Sandwiches, exactly. If you will, of Sandwich. This is your music, fans. Oh, yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah, what you've a got great intro, right? We're of course Thank talking you. to Vance Dingfelder from Dingfelder's Deli. You know, um, and Nourish oh, Catering. Oh, oh, you're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're that guy. You know, I love that place. Thank exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. So, go, you want to work there? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, let's discuss uh, what we're eating because whenever you speak about what we're eating, it is like a work of art. Well, uh, you know what? You're being really kind, and thank you so much, Dave. Of course. Um, so, it's pesto, Ooh. and. You know, it's summer. It just screams pesto because basil is so easy to grow here in the summer. And when you have a bunch, what do you do? You, you get a good olive oil. You pick all the leaves off. And it's so fragrant in the kitchen that pesto, and, you know, it's just a paste, right? I mean, at the end of the day. Right. And if you, if you really get a little, you know, when you have a mortar and pestle, and you can sit there. It's almost it's almost uh, cathartic to, you know, grind. gently beat it up. <laughs> well, you're more just kind of combining the flavors and kind of, you know, smashing them together. Right. With pestle, right. What what and, goes into a good pesto besides basil leaf? Well, um, it, it's it's such a simple recipe. You you get you know two cups of packed basil leaves without the stems and you need some pine nuts 
some people use walnuts and other people use a different nut. I, I'm really a traditionalist, but I prefer the pine nut over other nuts. And I, got, I, and I toast my pine nuts. So, you know, to the two cups of basil, you take a quarter cup or a little less than a quarter cup, maybe three tablespoons of pine nuts that have been toasted. Okay. And then you do three quarters of a cup of really good Reggiano Parmesan that's grated, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Some people can put garlic cloves in it. I like the little garlic in it. Um, and to that measure, I would put three nice smashed garlic cloves. Okay. And then I, the, one of the most important things is the oil. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you're not cooking the pesto. And you want to use a really fragrant, flavorful oil, you know, from Italy or Greece or Spain. There's a lot of really good olive oils out there. Even California olive oils have really stepped it up, and you can get good ones there as well. I prefer Ligurian extra virgin olive oil from Italy. You know, it's just – it's got kind of um, a green, fresh, you know, banana almost kind of taste. Really? And banana? Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, yeah, a little spicy, a little peppery, and there's some sweetness at the end, and it's a little banana you know, so – uh, the way to test olive oil is you pour it in your hand and you just rub your hands together really fast and it gets hot and you put your face down into your hands and you smell the fragrance of it. And then you pour maybe half a teaspoon into your hand and you, you, you suck it off your hand and you swallow it. And how it waxes your palate, right? If it goes smooth and it doesn't leave residue in your mouth, that's a good quality. Okay. If it's not too peppery or acidic, it's even better. So you take all that and you put it into the blender. Okay. And, and how much oil you, is it again? It was uh, two, it's a three quarter. It's the same amount of oil as you have Parmesan cheese. So three quarter cup. So three quarters of a cup, and I put pretty much put half of it into the blender first, and then stream the rest in. Um, I don't even refrigerate it the first day. <laughs> first wow. day, I just let it out. Mm. And, and it's warm, and I just love to put it up. So being the lord of the sandwich, I have to make a caprese sandwich. Yeah. And I usually make it on focaccia bread. Mm -hmm. And I spread that pesto on the focaccia bread with some really good organic heirloom tomatoes mm. that have been ripened. And they're served at room temperature. You never refrigerate a tomato, Stacy. Oh, okay. I'm, what it, <laughs> why are you directing that at me? <laughs> well, I'm just putting it out there. Okay. And you're okay. a good target for me to say it so that other people could go, oh, you don't refrigerate? Maybe you could have asked why. Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah why, actually? Okay. A refrigerated tomato has no flavor. When you when you have when you eat when you eat and take a tomato off the vine, is it cold? No, of course not. That's right. So that I mean, think about that, right? That's why you get you know, the flavor in a in a ripe heirloom tomato. Oh, it's just so I come from you know New York, and we had New Jersey tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, we used to grow tomatoes on the backyard, right? Jersey tomatoes. But the heirloom tomatoes are amazing. So and then. Fresh mozzarella, right? You put a slice of fresh mozzarella on it with a basil leaf, a little a little Aleppo pepper, a little salt, right? 
and then you put the pesto on the other side. Makes an amazing summer sandwich, I just have to say. Plus, pesto in a pasta salad? Oh, yeah. Come on. Now, let me ask you a question. Not a leading question at all. (laughs) How would this pair with, like, a crisp white wine, for instance? (laughs) Not leading at all. At all? (laughs) At all. I'm I'm asking asking for a friend. What is your favorite white wines? Tell me. Uh, A Pinot. You like a Pinot. So I prefer a Sincere. I don't know that I know a Sincere. I'm so glad you asked because, you know, I just love telling this story ever since I learned it from this sommelier in in Chicago. (laughs) Sincere, okay, is a Sauvignon Blanc. And we all know what a Sauvignon Blanc is. But the thing about the Sincere is that it's the original Sauvignon Blanc. And it grows in France, in the Loire Valley, where the Seine River flowed through the Loire Valley. And the river receded. And the grapevines grow on the shale rock that was left behind from the river. And it's crisp, and it's minerally, and it's such a great summer wine because you can pair it with oysters or pesto. Sancerre, the original Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Well, then that's what I meant to say. (laughs) Did you know that it's, um, what is it? It's, oh, I think it's National Wine Day, White Wine Day. Uh. Yeah, it's National White Wine Day, and it's also National IPA Day, and it's National... (laughs) What's your favorite IPA? What's your favorite IPA? Do you have one? Well, okay, so Eric and I were talking about this, and neither of us are really beer drinkers. It's such a Northwest thing, though. I know, but, you know, I also don't drink coffee, and that's a Northwest thing. Right. Yeah, you know... Yeah, you, you can ask like, me about gin. I like gin. coffee. I like coffee, right? Um, I like. Yeah, anyway, anyway, yeah, it is a Northwest thing. What's yeah. your favorite IPA? Uh, Do you know? Do you have one? Honestly, no. I'm like Rolling Rock. That's really cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. What about a Molson? You know. I mean, or, or better yet, a Sam Adams. There, or, right? Or a Stella Artois? No. No, no. Okay, don't shame me. They they bought Budweiser. Oh. I'm not forgiving them. Okay, all right. So beer's beer's only just. I don't know if you knew this, but beer's only like three companies control all the beer, all the different brands. That sort of tracks. Yeah, it used to be such a local thing. You know, when I grew up in New York, I mean, they had Schaefer, which was brewed in Brooklyn. Oh, well, do you remember Peels? Yes. Schlitz and it was just all of the, you know, Miller, <laughs> Miller High Life. Ah, those were but the anyway, days. Anyway, my favorite IPA right now, currently, yep. is Bodhisattva. It's in an orange box, but Bodhisattva on tap is just such a good beer. And I think it's uh, Pike Place Brewing. I'm not 100% sure. Wow, look at you. Thank God. What, what do you mean? <laughs> I, no, it's like, honestly, thank God you sponsor this part of the show because the number of things that I I will speak for myself. I won't speak for Eric. The number of things that I learned about 
local foods, places to go, things to try. It is like, it's unbelievable. I think you're pitching a show. <laughs> I mean, I might be. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast? <laughs> Me? Yes. Oh, come on. I'm just you saying. Know, a podcast. You know, for, for, you know, do you, you know how busy I've been? Well, yes. And the idea is to keep you busy, actually. Yes, yes, it's true. True, And, and you know, podcasts, it's, I mean, I guess it's the thing to do because, um, yeah, I guess it's a thing that I should maybe consider more of a reality that it might might happen than just go, oh, no, no. Well, I mean, I will say when you talk about what we should be eating, it is a bit like food porn. So, yeah. Right? <laughs> no, it is not. It is, hey, too. You know, I'm looking at dingfelders.com, of course, the okay, fantastic okay. website for the Dingfelders Deli. And, of course, there's a link there for Nourish Catering. And you described that amazing sandwich with the fresh pesto and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I don't see this on the menu. Is this something that you offer as a special or is yeah, something yeah, Nourish does? Well, it, it obviously originated as a nourish thing, but it is on the menu. If you look at the catering menu, there's a sandwich called the Meatless in Seattle. Okay. And it's a three-foot three caprese sandwich. Ah, yeah, I see that uh, for okay. nourish. And what, I, what we've done, and this, is, this might become too much of a thing, is we, for vegetarians, when you order a sandwich platter... Right, you might have some vegetarians that want mm-hmm. something that, without meat, heaven forbid. But you know, uh, and you do a caprese. Nice. So you know, you get you get. So it's it's kind of one of those hidden things because yep. we don't offer it every day. Um, but you know, when we open up, we might just do that sandwich because it's really popular and people love it. Yeah, it sounded amazing. And now that I I do see it on the nourish menu, as you say. Uh, yeah, that this is very tempting. <laughs> hey, maybe I'll bring you guys one. Okay, uh, that know? sounds great. Next time we make it, and uh, you know, hopefully it'll be. We'll make we it getting... on a Thursday. <laughs> yes, maybe Thursday. Thursday is Caprese Day. I'm just suggesting oh, for a friend. Oh, look at you! Like, like uh, Reuben Tuesday. Exactly. We have we have Caprese Caprese Thursday. Exactly. I'll gladly pay you Monday for a Caprese today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't you remember uh, Wimpy? I think we need to record that <laughs> <laughs> and have and have that be like a tagline for the podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, uh, per usual. You know, this... Thank you for allowing me to sponsor your show because I really enjoy it. I have fun with you. I love listening. And, uh, you know, this is fun. Well, well, we love your food. Yeah, we love your food. We love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's okay. it's a mutual love fest. So uh, for those of you that uh, enjoy hearing about this, tune in each week because Vance always shares with us what we should be eating. And if you want to try it for yourself, remember that you can go to Dinkfelder's. It's in Cap Hill. And you can check out uh, what they have there. 
You might even see Vance. You never know. Tell him Stacy and Eric sent you. And uh, if you have an event and you want to see what else Vance and his team can come up with, then consider Nourish Catering for your next event. Yeah. And if you can't make it over to Cap Hill, you can DoorDash it. DoorDash it. Uh, yeah, you can go to DoorDash and order it to be delivered a uh, 10-mile radius from the Delicatessen. Fantastic. Further, there's been, uh, you know what? I've had orders, Stace, that goes as far east as Preston. Oh. Wow. And, and what, what, that, what, it's, um, what I found out was as long as there's a driver that's willing to take it, you know, that's the whole thing. That's how that gets determined. Interesting. All right. Noted. Well, you heard it here first, folks. So if you want something and there's a driver available, it just might work out for you. So, well, thanks as always, Vance. We so appreciate you and your food. And we look forward to seeing what next week brings. Look forward to it. And, you know, enjoy this gorgeous weather we're having. I know. It's awesome. (laughs) Have Have a great week. You too. Bye. Super hungry now. I mean, like, are we ever not after? <laughs> I want that meatless in Seattle sandwich. Yeah, Going to have to head on down and sweet talk uh, Vance into having him make one for me. Yeah. And, I, you know, for listeners, I wrote down the recipe for the pesto, and I am going to post it on our Instagram account. So if Perfect. People I'm going to try making that. Right? I'll share it with you. Uh, so if people are interested in learning what the recipe is, then you can follow Stacy Connects Podcasts, and it has information both about Don't Ask Me to Talk and my other show, Stacy Connects. Uh, you know, I mean, if he's going to share the recipe, then I'm going to share the recipe. All right. So should we figure out what we're talking about next week? It's that time. It's that time. All right. Uh, next week's topic is going to be feel good story. Oh, so we're going to have to find a feel good story. Uh, we're going to have each to, find... to talk about exactly. Interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how we each translate that. We could pluck one from our own lives, I guess, or maybe there's something that's a feel good story in the news that we could bring up. Maybe, or maybe it's a story that we can read, like a storybook. I'm excited to see where this goes because I have no idea right now, but (laughs) that's why we got a week. That's why we got a week. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, remember to share what's good in the world with everyone around you. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. 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 Talk.